There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to 47 Survivors on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast on the ABC TV series, The Crossing. I'm Terry. I'm Sean Fangirl S. And I'm Steve, and tonight we'll be discussing episode three of season one of The Crossing. So this was good. You guys did good last week, too. Yay, guys. Thank you, Mommy. And <laughs> and welcome back to Sean. Yay! I got my voice back for this, too. So We missed you. <laughs> you guys did very good. My little ducklings flew by themselves. It's great. But <laughs> <laughs> you quacked me up. So do we have the ratings for this episode? Yes, we do. Episode 3 brought in a 0.7 and a 3 share in adults 18 to 49 with 4.09 million viewers. Nice. That's still good. Yeah, it's still not bad. We're leaking water here. (laughs) (laughs) That's a nice way to put it. Yeah. I was kind of surprised, but then I don't know if you if you missed the one episode, maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Is Monday night not a good time for normal prime time? I feel like that's a really good slot normally because it it's what eight p.m. on Mondays, eight p.m. Central. Well, we get it at ten p.m. Eastern. Right, so it's nine here. It's nine, nine. okay. Sorry, it should I, be I a good time. Fridays are usually the killer night of the week, of course, but. I thought still, Mondays were good. Several million people. I think they're doing okay. And then this episode was something else. I was uh, not expecting some of what happened to happen. Ew. Yeah. This one definitely had some more uh, information dumps that were not expected. No, no. So why don't you jump us into episode three? Who's, who's taking this one, Terry? I'll take it. For episode three, the title of the episode is Pax Americana. For those of you who know your history, that would translate as American Peace. Thank you very much. The uh, synopsis we have to kick us off is a wounded Reese faces off with her pursuers miles away, while Jude's plan to spend quality time with his son leads to a terrifying ordeal. Uh, Back at the camp, Hannah escapes to get her first look at the outside world, as Dr. Sophie Forben arrives to assess the larger threat presented by Leia's unusual virus. And meanwhile, Emma discovers unsettling information, which makes her question, who's she really working for? Well, Dun- about time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is only episode three, but still. Right. But that was yeah, bad. That was unexpected to see that Emma would start questioning that as quickly as she did. But she had every good Well, right. Yeah, I mean they escalated it. Yeah, I mean with the you know the attack on the um, the uh, the riverfront there with Jude being gassed. I mean they just they, they just put the pedal to the metal. So sure, she's going to be like, "Yo, what's up?" It was a uh, pretty interesting too with the sheriff, in my opinion, because he seemed to like I thought he was going to start playing ball 
with her, yeah. and then it just surprised me the way it went. So I don't know. Well, what I mean, do you guys think in general? Right. I mean, this is we got a situation where we really need to have Jude and Reese and Emma work together, but Jude doesn't trust Emma because yeah. of what happened at the on the dock, and Reese doesn't trust Jude because of what happened on the dock. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, they need a, a, a powwow pretty quick to try to get on the same page here. Yeah, last episode when I did watch it, I, I was ticked. I mean, I understand completely what Jude was doing yeah. because, yeah, he is like nobody is is giving all the information to the one person that they need. Yeah, basically Jude. Right. And so when it comes to what's happening now, like Jude asking his deputy if any calls could come back about situation with thorn beach or at the dock or whatnot and they're like well no nothing seemed to happen mm. oh there was some air traffic no big deal and he's like huh <laughs> okay yeah. <laughs> so yeah obviously we know this is like way over his pay grade yeah <laughs> and i don't know and i'm oh and i really don't want to say this i'm Uh-oh. actually starting to side eye his deputy oh what Esther? Yeah. What? Okay, we got to hear this one, Sean. I don't yeah. know why, but I... Okay, so that little tinfoil hat, I got a tinfoil worm, <laughs> apparently, that I crawled into my brain, is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, like, it's just kind of in there, niggling around, like, he is... I don't know, he knows something about a previous migration, and that maybe he was planted in that area, because he just seems to have weird timing sometimes. When he was showing up at the house before with like, hey, got any cold brew? And right. oh, who's in the house? It's like, wait a second. You just happen to show up now. And then it's like, oh, we should take your kid to the shooting range because he doesn't like guns. Wait, we need to change that. Which that could just be anything. I don't know what it is. It's just something is just feeling off. And I want to be so wrong about this. But I've watched way too many of these shows. <laughs> You are tainted, my dear. You are tainted. Well, this episode kind of gave reason to feel that way because now there's something going on with Marshall that we don't understand. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a story that we need to find out about because, yeah, that's just too weird. And see, I'm not too weirded out by Marshall's story so far. I mean, I want to hear more about it, but uh, he he just seems like the local bad boy. See it, that I can I can get with, but then it got weirder. Yes, it did. Yeah, I'm still not quite there with him, and I'm definitely not there yet. I'm not saying you're wrong, and I want you to be wrong, but I think it would be a neat writing thing if you're right about Nestor. I I just think that Nestor he comes off like Steve and I said last episode, like kind of the potential comic relief. Like you know, he comes over to the house last week. For a brew at 8.30 in the morning, oh, you got a woman in the house. I understand. A guy gets lonely. <laughs> and then this time he's trying to be all palsy-wowsy with Oliver, who apparently he's never met yet. No. And he's like, hey, how's it going? And you can see Nestor struggling to try to talk palsy with this little, with this young kid. And then he was like, you know, guns. Well, I don't care for guns much. When he leaves the room, he's like, hey, we got to take that kid to the to the range. And I'm like, you really, really like your job, don't you? <laughs> you like your nice shiny badge and your nice gun in your holster, isn't that something? 
So I just think he's kind of um, either potential comic relief or so far, like just a, a non sequitur. He's a non-starter for me right now. But that's an interesting point you bring up, though, Sean. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's just something sitting kind of weird. And I think you're right. Having watched so many of these shows that you know, we've, <laughs> we've all been on different podcasts separately and together to say the, the least obvious things might ought to be the, the, the most obvious things. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. And and that's actually why I'm starting to think, too, with our, our local bad boy. Right. He can't remember getting in fights and suddenly mm. his picture is in a locket from like well in the future and yeah. it's like wait a minute it's just yeah a couple of these things it's like the puzzle is there and you can see the picture but it's like like the pieces don't fit in a hundred percent slightly off is is what i'm feeling with these two and i want to be wrong mostly i want to be wrong with the deputy because i feel like with marshall especially with that comment of the accident was how long ago? Ten years, was it? I wouldn't say ten years, right? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. So it's like, huh. Especially when, oh, there was a migration before. We Longer than you think. You know, all these little pieces, these little breadcrumbs. Mm-hmm. It's like, God dang it. So do you think that Marshall, I don't want to get too far away. I want to, we should get to the, the crux of the episode. But do you think that Marshall is brainwashed or is he a member of the the first arrivals or maybe he's an apex that has has been if there is such a thing shut off for now oh my god i didn't even think that (laughs) well you know that's what that's why i keep saying hey i want that writing job in hollywood you know (laughs) i don't know if apexes can be shut off like i think i think from what the story we've gotten so far is once you've become an apex once you've been genetically altered that's it you know you know like bugs bunny used to say is you is or is you ain't and i don't think there's an off switch but in case there might be do you think that that's an interesting thought Uh oh there you go well there's something else for us to think about there it really would make some sense there because hannah was a, a collaborator whoever she was working with basically told her that he would take care of her there you go. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh my gosh! There's you know, like the, so many questions now. And I was totally floored with that revelation about Hannah, and I'm sitting back and I'm thinking to myself because we had another revelation, and we'll get into it in the synopsis of, or, or outline about a conversation that the undersecretary has with Thomas about what thing you know the dynamic between them now over here. But it it just seems that I don't know. It, it, I had my thoughts and I just lost them. It is brain fart day for me, ladies and gentlemen. I um, yeah, I just think that there's just too many possibilities, and we're and and I, and I think, oh, this was the thought. I'm wondering about the 500 that originally started the journey over here of this group that we have our 47 from, and we're seeing all these things being revealed uh, slowly about one or two characters here, and then I'm thinking, was there something special about some or all of that 500 that was coming over? Apparently, we're saying that they're commoners. They're not apex, except for uh, Reese. But is there something particular? Is there something special? Is there something that separates them from other commoners about that 500 group? Or did this 47 just happen to survive for some special reason when they ended up underwater? Right. Yeah, they're, mm. they're 
Had to be some reason why they were able to wake up in time to make it to the surface and not just drown. Get air. Others did so. Yep. Because we keep hearing, I we keep hearing in the previews about uh, we we never expected this to end up where we did underneath the surface of the water. Right. So, um, you know, did they, you know, in the future was, is, is that area like dry? <laughs> was there a drought? Is there no, uh, is there no body of water there? You know, and they well, thought they were good. And that was something that was brought up too by Hannah. Yeah. When she mentioned meticulous. Yes. She made it sound like this was a huge town. You know, a huge city. Mm-hmm. And she said something about it. Saying, yeah, it's just a hole in the wall. There's nothing there. Right. She there's like 12 people that yeah, live she there. She said it's something about it gets or it's gotten bigger. Yeah. She makes this like passing comment that he really didn't pick up on. But she said, yeah, it's much bigger. It's gotten bigger. It is bigger. Something like that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, 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 oh. There's a hint. Hmm. So that's what I'm thinking. Maybe when they came over, they figured we saw a lot of this in Fringe for the <laughs> who got to get our mention in somehow. When they crossed over worlds, like you want to be in the same place, or even you could go to Back to the Future. Like, hey, if I get the car up this fast, I'm heading towards the wall. I'm going to hit the wall. No, if you're going back in time, the wall's not there. So if you hit the speed before you hit the wall, you won't hit the wall. <laughs> so maybe when they came over, they thought this area of this beach where they ended up was dried out land yeah, it was like a, a drought or a blight or something like that yeah or maybe um, the water didn't come that far up whatever let's get you know back what? to this. this sucks we just have questions on questions all right i know well, that's I heard, a great show that's a great crazy. show i know i want to talk about we finally meet oliver like live and in person this time Aliba. and it's really sweet because he gets to spend time with dad and then he's kind of i don't know he's not a teenager but he's got that brooding teenager thing happening like yay your house is great oh i thought we were gonna go fish okay i guess we can go to the carnival yay junk food it's like up and down up and down it's like i don't have kids guys i've said this repeatedly what do you expect is this just like i wouldn't say is this just like teenage boy hormones is this just like what do you expect from (laughs) i don't think he's in his teens yet if he is i would say he's just 13 i i would have guessed (laughs) <laughs> well, I would have guessed 12. I would have said just preteen. But what do you expect? I don't even have kids, and I know that they're like... Roller Steve will know. I saw nothing unusual in... Okay. That's what I thought. There you go. Nothing whatsoever. I've seen that type of behavior in all four of my kids. Hell, I've seen that behavior in people my age, so let's yeah. just... Oh, that's, <laughs> I, I do work retail. I don't know why I questioned that. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. You should have <laughs> Now, when he, we see him and they're talking, they seem to have a you know a decent relationship. So please correct me if I'm wrong. Him and... Well, I'm sorry. Jude and Oliver's mother are officially divorced, right? Or have they not officially said that? I don't think they've said it. Okay. Steve? Uh, I thought uh, Nestor mentioned something about when he comes to the house. When he came to the house last episode. It was mixed in with, yeah, I understand a guy. He gets lonely and married. Or I thought he said unmarried. Yeah. I'm thinking separated because this is my question to you guys. Because later in the episode, you know, when they're at the ice cream shop and before everything kind of goes to crap really quick for Oliver, he's like, he meaning Jude. Sorry, guys. 
says, did your mom talk to you about it? You guys are going to move to Portland. And that way we don't be halfway, half hour away. We can see each other more. And I'm thinking most people don't have that great of a relationship with their ex, that their ex is willing to move closer. So he does. Don't be jealous. Yes. But then again, I don't want a relationship with my exes. I'm just throwing that out there. I don't either, and I've never been married. But I'm just saying, hey, if the guy gets along with his ex-wife, more power to him. That just seemed kind of odd. That's why I wasn't 100% sure if they were divorced. That's why I was asking you guys. I think you might be right, right, Steve, because he did say in that little speech at the door, I think he did use the term unmarried. Right. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're right. The deets on the night before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to make yeah. sure with that. But then we have, you know, poor Oliver, who's like, what did I do? And that's always sad when when you have something like that happen. And I know in a lot of, yeah, when marriages come apart one way or another, even if it's a trial separation, which I don't know how well those actually work out ever. But you do have that happen. And I I was getting like, oh, my God, this kid is killing me. Yes. Yeah. It yeah. was very, because it was so realistic that you you would think that this would happen and then i feel like it got worse when he explains why he left and then i'm like i need more background here too yeah (laughs) well oliver when he was explaining it i mean they didn't really do a a lot of one shots on oliver but oliver seemed to either understand it which i'm not fully sure at his age he did but i think that he at least could accept that, that it, it made some sense to him. Right. That's it, something it, that, yeah. Well, and it helped that Jude was very reassuring in everything he said. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that tore me out. may not have understood the logistics of Correct. what was going on. Correct. But Jude made sure that he told Oliver that he loves him very much and he's doing everything he can to protect him. And it's got to have been, I don't know, a year or a couple of years. Maybe they've said it that they've been d- separated or divorced because he says to Oliver, you know, when it first happened and I first left, I didn't explain it to you because I thought you were too young. And I'm like, what, Oliver's 30 now? Yeah. <laughs> you know? They grow up um, so fast. Yeah. So I guess maybe if Oliver is, let's say, 12, just preteen. A couple of years would throw him back in like 10 or maybe single digit age. Okay. You know, so maybe it's been a couple years that he's moved away, you know, and then maybe it's taken a couple of years for the wife to, or ex-wife or whatever, to agree to move to Portland. Okay. We don't know. But when he was explaining it to the kid, that just tore me up. You know, I love you and would do anything for you. And it's not because you did anything wrong. And I was like, oh, man. I needed some ice cream in that moment. I'm like, I need to feel better, too. I need some I, ice cream. I dug those plastic spoons they had. The little shovels? They so almost look like... shovel you, them into your mouth? They almost look like little neon, like, lightsabers. I was like, <laughs> oh, I want one of them at an ice cream store. <laughs> Somebody get me on a plane to Port Cane in Oregon. I want to go <laughs> eat at that ice cream store. I like those spoons. They were cool looking. I noticed little goofy stuff like it. And our final moment with Oliver, this was even more rough. Like, you know, they're watching fireworks. Yay, this is awesome. What's that noise? Here, I'll go check it out. You stay here. Now, first of all, really, you're going to leave your kid? Granted, it's it's not Oakland. No. But you're like, I'm going to leave my kid here because everybody knows me. 
Yeah, but not everybody's going to know that that's his kid off the top of their head. Right. And plus, what's his name? Marshall earlier happened to say, you know, people come in from all over for this. And I'm like, "Mm, I'm not feeling good about this. Right. And there's a crash and there's a note. Now, I couldn't read what the note said. Did either of you see what it said? Now you suffer, Sheriff. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That pisses me off more. I kind of figured it was something along those that it line. It was poor, the way he held it, uh, the angle that he held it. I know it's nighttime, but it was it was poorly lit. I had to watch it. I had to watch that scene twice. Okay. But uh, now you suffer, sheriff. Yeah. And then Oliver's kidnapped. And what the hell? That ain't cool. I mean, I, I guess he. I guess he kept the kid at bay so the kid didn't see. I'm sure he thought from the sound it, it might have been an accident. So maybe he right. figures if in case there's blood or something, keep the kid from seeing it. And I get that part. But he's there with the kid and nobody else. And the kid only comes to visit. So I guess people would know that that's the sheriff's uh, son. Uh, you know, but he like, you just stay here and he walks <laughs> off. I'm, I'm like, he doesn't ask anybody to like stand with his kid. Right. That's why I was like, eh. Even like, hey, I'm the sheriff. I'm commandeering you to watch my kid while I go check out that noise. You know, something. But he just like, you know, you stay here. I'll be right back. And I'm like, really, dude? And you're a sheriff? Wow. Yeah. It it just kind of had me scratching my head a little bit. Yeah, that was a mistake on Jude's part. Jude gets one uh, mark in the uh, mistake column. Well. Making one in every episode. Yeah. 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 He'll he'll rack them up. He can cash them in for tickets at Ski Bowl. Yeah. All right. So now that we've kind of talked about the locals really fast and my little theory, who wants to take on the government? Well, you're going to skip over the survivors? I feel like the survivors have to be our finale here. Okay. Let Steve do it because uh, Uh he's been been busy reading War and Peace over there. He's been a little distracted. Let's bring him in. (laughs) (laughs) And now we go to our correspondent from Texas. Uh, Steve, are you there? <laughs> uh, yes, Terry, I'm here. <laughs> That's a matter of debate, Steve, but go on with your report. <laughs> we had word that under the Homeland Secretary, Undersecretary, Homeland Security, Undersecretary, <laughs> Lynn, <laughs> not so good. Apparently so is your English class. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Lindauer. What's up with this turkey? Oh, he made me want to punch him again. Absolutely. absolutely. I hate this guy. Of course, he tells his um, agent, Steve Harris, or actor Steve Harris, whichever the one. Big he, man. <laughs> he still don't got a name for his character, and I guess yeah. we know why now. Yeah. <laughs> Adios. That um, he needs to find Reese now. Yeah. And... Uh, you can't let her get into the population, so use whatever force you have to. Yep. Yeah, well, hmm. That didn't work out so well. <laughs> no. No, I kind of feel like that has to go hand in hand with Reese. Right. And then, the shock of all shocks, he's talking to Thomas. No. And you go, wow, I thought he was... Thrown off the bridge. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, did so I. So did I. Yeah. Apparently uh, not. Hey, he, he survived. Yay him. Well, we saw him in that room. Wasn't that him in the room where they had the bag over his head, the sack? Yeah, but, I mean, honestly, you just seen a guy with a bag over his head, and you don't know what this, this undersecretary is up to, so. 
But I immediately, but I immediately thought that was Thomas when we saw. It. What was the last episode we saw it or this one? I immediately thought Thomas is there, but I was surprised. I was like, yeah, I thought he was a goner. Yep. And basically, Lindauer sets him straight on what the rules are going to be around here if you and your compatriots want to live. So you need to have them chill with their stories. Yeah. (laughs) I was a little confused at that, especially knowing that he is one from the, well, we assume original migration. Right. Okay, not like they're going around telling everybody. They're telling you guys because they're like, all right, you guys are going to keep us safe. But now you're going to have him go try to tell everybody, oh, no, just lie. Tell them we're lying. Then they're all going to look look at you like you're a bunch of nutters. <laughs> and nobody's going to try to keep you safe. They're going to just want to lock you up. Well, that's what Thomas tells them is we can't sound crazy because if we sound crazy, they will lock us up. Yeah. If you want to have a life. They'll give us jobs and money and all this good stuff. But you can't be saying we're from the future. As Dr. Eva would say, right. (laughs) And he also tells Thomas that uh, he has no power or security over here. So I'm just wondering if the roles, if not specifically a government person and a non-government person, but if the roles were reversed in the future that Thomas had a higher position or some sort of authority or power over Lindauer. Cause mm. why else would he tell that? I mean, he could say you have no power security here just as a general thing. In other words, you've got no legs to stand on, blah, blah, blah. And he words it that you have no power security. But I thought the way that I took it, this is totally interpretation is his saying you have no power or security here suggested that maybe it was flipped in the future. Right. And now Thomas is going to have to be spanked by Lindauer if he gets out of line. Uh, and, and, and if that's the case, and if Thomas was a real jerk to Lindauer in the future, you know, Lindauer is going to want to like put the thumb down on him big time. And so it, it, Thomas is his only way into the 47 to find out exactly what's going on. So, so it could be just a, a writing choice of words, but I took it as yeah, that, flipped i agree yeah. there there's something be- with that use of words that he chose okay yeah it just seemed peculiar to me and of course he gets to uh meet dr uh sophie yeah. Woo-hoo. yay georgina <laughs> we miss you basically informs her that she has the job <laughs> oh god she was nervous as all get out to meet uh Lindauer. yes she was <laughs> Running over her lines of what she's going to tell him when she's getting dressed, you know. I was like, oh, man, I know that feeling. (laughs) Yeah. And basically, as they leave the building, the chopper's waiting to take her. (laughs) Yeah, that's a hell of an interview. You go from... When do I start? You just did. (laughs) Like, oh, okay then. And what do you think the sig- significance is of them showing that she had, like... A scar there. Yeah, like open-heart surgery or something. Yeah. yeah. I, I found that peculiar. Absolutely. So that's another little hint. Yes, Something's up. Some kind of... I mean, could she have been the victim of a virus? Is she an apex? Is the genetic modification that they do requiring uh, surgery, not just, like, a needle to extract... 
blood and tissue or whatever, and then to inject it back in. Who knows? Oh, see, I was wondering if maybe she had been like brought at some point, like maybe she was a baby. Could be. And part of the migration, and then who knows? Gosh, I just have more questions than answers this episode. But great show. Steve, please continue. <laughs> great show. Well, we do get to see the security guy and his team tracking <laughs> Reese, and uh, it didn't turn out too well for them. No. Figure at one time, Reese was going to take him out one at a time because she does have to take one guy out. Mm-hmm. But then she just says, to hell with it, I'll take the rest of them all at once. That was pretty impressive. Yeah. Absolutely it was. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. Here I am going, man, I had a bad day yesterday. This makes me feel better. But I could, I, I was tired watching her kill everybody. But like, she, yeah. uh, She's impressive. She dispatched them with uh, haste. She yeah. did. Yes, she did. And Which it was made a me even more tired. <laughs> <laughs> it was a beautiful thing to watch. And then we find out about a weakness in the apex uh-huh. as he pulls out his high frequency device that stops her in her tracks. That was kind of interesting. Huh. Yeah. Not super hearing, but it's not foolproof. It's sensitive to that frequency. Right. Hmm. And I was just thinking when that happened, it's like, all right, is he going to suddenly monologue? And yeah, he started a monologue. He did. He was <laughs> yeah. good. Yep. Who needs a taser when I got a remote? Right. <laughs> oh, but he thought he was so smart and big and bad. Until, and until she grabbed some wood. But that's, you know what? He probably would have had her. Like, sure. there was no doubt in my mind until he started talking crap about why are you here? Oh, right? yeah. He's got to find whoever that is and make them pay. Put a bullet in their head. It's like, and now that's a whole nother level, dude, because now she's going to go mama bear. Yeah. Do not not threaten babies. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We need to get her and Helena together from Orphan Black. There you go. Yeah. Now there's a team right there, baby. Yeah. So... Had he not said that, he'd have had her pretty much dead to rights. Right. But you talked crap, and she's like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Especially because we got the flashbacks. Yeah. Stopping you now. Yeah. And it was like, when it happened, I was just like, whoa. Yeah. Like, seriously, I couldn't even, like, get a whole word out because it was just like, (laughs) holy crap, that just happened. Yeah. Because it was bam, bam. She. Through the yeah. wood, you see it knock the device out of his hand, and the next thing you see is her snapping his neck. And you're wow, she's got super speed too. Yeah, yeah, wow. I guess that must have hurt. I guess he, you know, <laughs> you think. <laughs> and what what actually threw me? He's like, if you underestimate her, as he's telling one of his right. under underlings, she's the last thing you're going to see before you and die. What did, and what does he do? Yes. Yep. The very thing. Yeah. And that's what you get for talking smack. Yeah. Now, this is going to make things very interesting for Lindau. Oh, yeah. He don't have muscle backup anymore. Well, that guy, I'm sorry, was super cocky anyway. When he's like, just take her out. Don't 
no torture. Oh, no, there's going to be torture. And I'm thinking, you're probably not on your side. Now, now that'll be particularly important for Lindauer himself. Now, I wonder if his superior, that guy Bryce, who gave him control of the camp, knows about this security guy or not. Like, if he, does, if he doesn't know about it, I'm suspecting this is somebody that Lindauer had under his own tutelage. Oh, absolutely. Oh, uh, yeah. And I don't think that his superior, Bryce, knew about this guy. Yeah. So it's not like we're, he's going to tell... Bryce to, ex- what do they say, uh, accelerate the ticket <laughs> and say, oh, well, look, she killed one of our people. I don't think that he knows about him, so Lindauer can't do it. But like you said, that puts him in a real sticky situation now. It'd be interesting, but <laughs> we'll see how that works out. Right. And we do get to see Sophie Forbin uh, doing her doctor duties. <laughs> It's just so cool seeing Georgina back on the TV. That's just me. Yeah, that's a neat thing. She thinks she's being asked to cure a virus, which she's not that type of doctor, but stopping a pandemic, that she thinks she can do. Well, she is a a virologist, isn't she? Right. So she would deal with a virus, but this is now, like you were saying, it's a pandemic. Sorry, it's not an isolated thing. Well, it is right now, but it, it could be pandemic <laughs> yeah what's a what's an eight-letter word for oh crap <laughs> and it was great to see her go in and visit leah that was cute mm-hmm. that was cute i love that yeah it makes me look silly doesn't it yeah and it's all hot yeah <laughs> yeah and she gets the opportunity to talk to rebecca mm-hmm. and rebecca's yep. not giving her any information Basically, she's dead. There's no no way anybody can help her or nothing. That's really all she gave her. So I thought it was more than interesting that when they meet again, Sophie already realizes that Leah's been treated by somebody Mm -hmm. for this disease. Mm -hmm. And that's when Rebecca finally reveals that that's got to be it is... The Apex are the only ones that are immune, so put two and two together there. Yeah, something mixed with uh, her mom's blood. Yep. Which we got that with last week's episode about the transfusion, you know, and that flash forward scene. Yeah. I thought it was kind of weird, though, that Rebecca's like, only Apex are immune. And then she kind of looks at Leah differently. Right. It's like, well, it's a show. (laughs) (laughs) All right, moving on. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we got Lover Boy. Uh, Love Lorn Roy. Love Lorn Roy, yes. <laughs> Who pays Hannah a visit and wants to know how she's doing. And basically, she's asking him to get her the hello out of there. Yeah. And that ain't happening because he'd be thrown in the clink. Yep. So, what does she do? She stows away in the back of his truck <laughs> as he heads for home. You go and you go. Hmm. Yeah, this little young lady has some uh, has some skills here that we weren't uh, aware of. You thought exactly. she was just this nice, sweet little thing, but maybe not. Well, you know, when the other guards like this isn't exactly Guantanamo. It's like easy money. It's like all right, so they're not paying attention to squat. No, <laughs> no. 
What do you say? Somebody, if you give them crayons or something, they think you're great. Or yeah, give them colored pencils. You colored pencils, they think you treat them great or really nice or something. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh my god, wow. Oh well, again, like this kind of goes back and forth, but yeah. <laughs> he finds her at Harbor Fest and about weeks out. <laughs> Well, yeah, he wasn't exactly gentle about this. Oh, no. No. And that, of course, got Marshall all fired up, and they were ready to duke it out until Jude separates them. Mm-hmm. And has Roy get Hannah the hello out of there and yep. back in. Yep. Him, mm-hmm. Which he makes her get back in the back of the truck just like she got out. Yeah, I, I thought, thought she was going to argue with them about it. Uh-huh. But... He was right. I didn't. I thought he was going to ride her in sitting in the front seat, but I was surprised when he said, when he gets out and he says, well, get out. We've got to put you back in the back of the truck to take you in the camp. And I was like, yeah, he's not, because I, I thought he was like, love scorn Roy, because he was upset with her escaping. And he finds out how she did it because her, her sweater got snagged and he sees it, but when he says, you know, get it in the back, I'm like, okay, well, he's taking her in and he's going to keep it quiet still. Right. So he's, he so he's still love Lauren. Yeah, he's still love Lauren. Yeah, and, and cover his own butt, right? But I was like, okay, he's still love Lauren Roy. Okay. With the with the hearts popping out of his eyes like Roger Rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get to Agent Emma Wren. Dun, dun, dun. We see her starting to question things and she has a major disagreement with Lindauer and he basically tells her to do her job. Yep. Okay. And then we see her trying to tell Jude about <laughs> the earlier migration, but of course Jude's got his son there and he's just not having anything to do with it. And not only because he had his son with him, I, he's still upset about what she did to him. Sure. I would be. Yeah. And what did he say? You're a little too old to be a junior agent or whatever he called him. Right. Yeah, that was that was amusing. I kind of wanted him to give her the little toy handcuffs though. Yeah. yeah. That would <laughs> And then she starts doing some digging and realizes that everything has been deleted from the database that would be just kind of scary it's like okay where am i officially working then right it's um, like are you guys suddenly gonna say that i'm a wall what's going on because there's some shit going down yep so we know that she's aware of something going on now yeah getting somebody to believe her might be a little more difficult but if she goes to lindauer's boss because he saw the interview tapes as well. Yeah. And informs him that all the information on the site and these people have been deleted from the database. Eh, that might be an ally. Well, I don't know because Lindauer said, why don't we keep this off the books and let me take care of them? Right. Especially when he said how many different settlements or detainees they had in the u.s and i'm like wait what yeah (laughs) he was talking we said last week our impression was it was just refugees in general not specific to the story right so 
Lindauer was managing camps with 50,000 people in yeah. all over the country. And we didn't feel that Bryce was just like Lindauer. We felt so far from what we knew that Bryce was the guy he was, who he said he was in 2018 and was born before 2018 and was the age he is right now. You know, he's on, he's on the up and up. So, you know, if she does go to him, that puts Lindauer in the middle and he might try to uh, either curtail her authority or take her out by removal from space or other nefarious means. This is just going to keep getting weirder. <laughs> it is. Con, <laughs> you ready to talk about the survivors? Let's go survivors. But I think Terry is pretty excited about survivors. I hate the show, but I'll talk about the ones on this show here. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of this we have talked about, but we're going to kind of skim over other stuff and flesh this out. Let's start with Reese, who we see early on, I'm assuming in the bathroom of the little convenience store we saw her in previous week. And she removes that bullet from her shoulder. No doubt that she could do that. <laughs> I wasn't surprised, but she gets it out. She hears these forces that are coming for her, coming to the store and entering. And so she escapes them. They come into the bathroom and she's not there. But they did notice that she left them just a sweet little hello message on the mirror. Right. Just to let, just to let them know that she appreciates the fine job that they're doing. And uh, she writes, back off or die. In her own blood. Yes. Damn. Now tell me that's a woman that ain't got no brass. <laughs> and I'll tell you, you ain't got no sense. So uh, they're not exactly too thrilled with her not being there in the note. And uh, so then she overcomes, we had said, Lindauer security guy's high frequency device and uh, gives him a little present, takes him out. So... Uh, you know, she could sit back and say, well, I don't want to say I told you so, but I told you so. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Not. So, yeah, she's, uh, as we, I think Sean said it earlier, somebody, uh, she's a mama bear looking for a cub, and she's on a mission. And, uh, the, and these guys were in her way. Uh, operative word, were. <laughs> we talk about Thomas, and we mentioned uh, that. He uh, was talking to Lindauer. He was kidnapped, and Lindauer kind of lays the line down with him. And so when he's back at the camp, he's pretty much towing the party line. Oh, absolutely. Drinking the Kool-Aid. Yep. Telling all the uh, refugees uh, that are listening to him, uh, the government's nice. They mentioned about jobs and money for them. You know, if they just play along, they should cooperate. They shouldn't say anything. They shouldn't, you know. In other words... Just play along and everything will be fine. Go live your life. Yeah, that's right. He did ask the undersecretary about the first migration. And that's when uh, the undersecretary still didn't give him or us no. lo lots of info. Yeah, but uh, that's where he kind of lays down the line about you have no power and no authority. And uh, you're going to have to play by the rules here, you know, if you want to live. And then he kind of, Thomas later. Yeah, and he uh, kind of gives Caleb, and I'll get to Caleb in a second, a kind of a similar treatment. But uh, in the meantime, he wants to have a meeting with uh, Agent Emma Wren and tell her that he lied. And because uh, she kind of knew that when he first walked in and he, she said, so which part was a lie or something or, or the story was a lie? He said, well, the story about the first migration was a lie. And she obviously picks up on 
that is the lie. <laughs> Lying about the lie, yeah. <laughs> by the like, fact that she scared. tried to, con- yeah, by the fact that she tried to convey that to Jude, and uh, Jude didn't want to hear about it, so she's definitely not convinced. No. Uh, what keyed her into start starting to dig a little deep? Yep. And she's going to put two and two together. She's probably got two and one and a half put together already. And so then, as I mentioned about Thomas in the camp, he. Uh, we see him at one point talking to one of the females of the camp and telling, you know, that's yeah, going to be great. Same thing. That's yeah, going to be fine. Blah, blah. And Caleb overhears him telling this woman this stuff. And he kind of confronts him and kind of calls him on his bull and basically told him that Thomas better watch his step or what was it? He'll be the last one to leave this camp or something. Right. So, right. you know. Yeah. And it's like, weren't you just told that you're not big shit here? So maybe yeah. keep it together. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, power moves going on here in this episode. There sure were. Yeah, you know, it really makes me want to know about the the the, the social structure slash power dynamic between the two migrations and within the forty seven group. Right. Mm-hmm. We're we're seeing some hints, and we saw some more hints in the preview for next week that there's going to be more fleshing out of who can swagger their walk more than the next person kind of a deal. <laughs> so, so yeah, Thomas is stick. Exactly. So Thomas is trying to play the line. Caleb is already onto it. Certainly is not buying it. Hannah, we got a lot of surprises about, we mentioned that she uh, used to be an apex collaborator. We find that out from this mystery guy who was creepy. Very. And, um, he was at the camp. So I guess he's one of the 47. Yeah, and he I didn't, she was. Yeah, I didn't uh, see any reason. So she initially, early on in the episode, is approached by this guy, and she's very uncomfortable that he is talking to her and that he's there. Uh, she asks Roy about getting her out of the camp, says he can, of course, and she uh, escapes. Uh, she sees Marshall. We talked about this before at Harbor Fest. Now Marshall got out of jail again. I think Marshall can count how many bars are in the cell and tell you that without a lot of memory work. And she remembers him, and we see a flash forward when she and the others, it looks like when they're in a containment area of some kind, that the bottom kind of falls out a little bit. I guess that's part of the device that they used, maybe, to travel through time. And uh, she remembers her looking at this locket around her neck, and uh, a picture of Marshall is inside the locket. Which I so need more information. Oh, yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. And uh, she, great, great, great. Right, right. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. I mean, that was my first thought. I don't think the writers are going to go for something that simplistic. Apparently not. So she actually approaches Marshall because he passes her at first. Just he doesn't recognize her, but she recognizes him from this memory in this locket. And it was already mentioned that she lost. I think she called it a necklace in the water. I don't think she I don't think she said the word locket, but she remember anyway, she remembers Marshall when he passes her at Harborfest. And she's half at Harborfest, she's half like disoriented and half for a transport, you know. Yeah, yeah. transport. <laughs> yeah, we don't call them transport. Car, cab, bus. Well, transportation. Maybe they like, just thinking that like, she didn't get the whole word out. We so, don't I mean, say transport. Yeah. <laughs> you want to use the word transport, go to Disneyland. They might use the word transport. I want a transporter. Europe. Yeah, you go. 
So um, she approaches him and uh, asks him for help. Uh, he's kind of just bemused by her at first, you know. Uh, okay, uh, what? Uh, and uh, why not? Yeah, and uh, she, you know, wants help. And he says, "Well, it'll cost you." And she's like, "Oh, I don't have any money." And he was like, "Oh, that's a joke. It's just an expression." And she kind of laughs, and I was like, "Yeah, you don't get it, do you?" Oh, that forced <laughs> laughter was painful. Yeah. <laughs> you knew what, Marshall man? Oh yeah. And I, I think I tweeted out, "Don't do your no, uh, no." Yeah. <laughs> so, um, it's your great great grandfather. Don't. <laughs> That's a little creepy. You just made my uh, dinner turn over. Anyway, um, so he asked her if she's had anything to eat, and apparently not. And he gives her something to eat. It looked like soup, I guess, or some, something or other that she ate with a spoon out of a bowl. And whatever it was, she was really enjoying it. She's like, oh, my God. <laughs> totally enraptured with, yeah, totally enraptured with the band. You know, just darts off. But she tells Marshall in the interim of all of this interaction that she wanted to ask him for help. And she said that they doesn't say who they are. He doesn't even ask who they are. They told her that she would be safe with him. Right. Go. All right. Right. Yeah. What? All right. And so he apparently, at least the way that I saw it, it really didn't register with him as, because he's like, who's they and, or, or what are you talking about? Or safe from what? Yeah, you know he doesn't ask her any of that because he he was in jail, so he may or may not know about. I'm guessing he doesn't know about the 47 refugees. No, I'm guessing he's kind of out of the loop. Right. So though he does mention not having a future. Yeah. Yeah. What? Okay, yeah. yeah. Right, and then she happens to say, "No, no, no, you need to stay here." Right. Yeah. Because he's like, "Oh, I'm ready to leave." Yeah. Right. yeah. Of course, he had an argument with his girlfriend, and he she finds this earring, which to me looked more like an ankle bracelet, <laughs> or maybe a calf bracelet. I mean, it was huge. And he was like, it, "It's a, a hoop. nerf, nerf, no, nerf, nerf football hoop, <laughs> nerf basket. That's what it was." <laughs> and the girl's like, "I'm not buying it." And she tosses it out, and apparently, I guess she's going to storm him. <laughs> yeah, the heck with you. Uh, he doesn't exactly seem too broken up about it. So. Um, Anyway, that's when Roy comes in after he's seen the uh, sweater, gets into an altercation with Marshall. Jude steps in, basically says, yeah, it's better if you go. Off go Ray and Hannah. Marshall kind of steps down. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, geez, Marshall, you're going to go right back in the clink again. I don't think it's going to happen. But my first thought was, oh, geez, here we go. Guy just doesn't want to stay out of trouble. And when she finally gets back to camp, she goes into her house there and the mystery man is in her place yeah and uh, he has a an ominous discussion with her and another bombshell which we mentioned earlier is that he knows she used to be an apex collaborator now she's a collaborator then is she uh, like we had in fringe in the last season is she a human who works along with like the observers working with them uh, yeah, she's providing the Apex information on the big targets that they have. Right. And I would imagine from what the guy says about Caleb, if he found out what she was, then she wouldn't be around very long. So it wouldn't surprise me that Caleb would be high on one of those 
be high on her on Apex's list to eliminate. Now that was something I wanted to ask as far as Caleb's name because this guy, this mystery guy, mentions about a tattoo, and the only tattoo that we got a very quick glimpse of was on Lindauer's security guide. When he pulls out the high frequency, we get a shot of his wrist or his forearm or something very briefly, and there's a tattoo on there. It was not Caleb. It was the security guy that Reese took out. Right. So did this mystery guy, Steve, if you remember, did he mention Caleb's name? Yes. Okay, because he mentions the tattoo. He says, you know what that's a tattoo of? And he mentions whatever it is supposed to be. Alpha Zulu Insignia. Something like that. And he says, you know what they do with Apex collaborators and something to the effect of it won't be pretty or whatever. Horrible stuff. Yeah. So this guy's got info like left, right, upside and down. And he certainly got hands more than we do about who these people are. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. So what is his big reveal going to be? How it's going to come out? What's he going to do? Uh, with Hannah, he certainly is all hell because yeah, he wants to protect her at a cost. Yeah, I was half expecting our little lovelorn to show up yeah. at the door because he had a knew something was up. Yeah, that's just me. but he didn't. But no. he didn't show up. So yeah, that's an interesting thing. So now that's a huge reveal about a character that we said earlier on in this particular uh, podcast about. The ones that uh, don't seem too obvious about anything should be. Right. When all this stuff was coming out with Hannah, I was like, what? Yeah. I was like, damn. You know. Got a little bit about Caleb. You go, damn. Yeah. I was like, what? We've got these slime balls, snakes just slithering around in the group. And you just go, is there anybody in this group that's (laughs) worth the... So I'm wondering if the tattoo that Caleb has is the same as Lindauer's security guy had. Right. We haven't seen Caleb's tattoo. No. We only saw it, like I said, very briefly, when right before the showdown between Lindauer's security guy and Reese. So if, if it's later revealed and it's the same one as the security guy had, well, there's a little kink in the armor now, isn't there? Yes. There's another twist <laughs> in the pretzel. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's really neat. I mean, all of these things are, are big reveals, but they're being done so subtly. It's really cool. Yep. Well, once again, I want to thank everyone that live tweeted the episode with me. It was a whole lot of fun. And wow, uh, some of the conversations were, uh, let's just say they were out there. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, I'm sorry I missed it. Oh, yeah. A lot of fun, and I really appreciate all the retweets and favorites and likes, because here in the last couple of weeks, now that we're live tweeting, our following is growing pretty uh, quickly. So we really Yay. Tweet on. Tweet on. Hey, we want to ask you to uh, review and rate us over on that thing called iTunes. And uh, just to let you know that with good ratings and reviews, it helps other fans of the show find us. So uh, tell your friends, and we hope that you're enjoying the podcast. And, of course, you can find us all over on fangirlzone.com. But you always want to tweet with us and talk with us and email us because we love to hear from you guys. And we brought up so many different little possible theories. I mean, we want to know what you guys think. So Twitter, we're at 
the number 47 survivors. Facebook, we're at FG Zone. Our Instagram is the Fangirl Zone podcast, which you can find all the random photos that we just post from everywhere. Mm-hmm. And email so you can tell us your tinfoil hat theories, which we love and we will read on the next episode, is contact us at fangirlzone.com. Nice. So for this episode, thanks for listening, everybody. And I just want to say it's hot and sweaty inside here. And this is Steve. You underestimate this target. She'll be the last thing you see on this earth. And until next time. <laughs>